You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking at Padres baseball today on this day one of the offseason, the second day of November, and joining us, our Padres reporter for MLB.com, A.J. Casavell. A.J., we thank you for the time and what we're doing today. As, like I said, the offseason has officially begun. Never too soon to look ahead to the 2018 season and the prospects that it brings for the San Diego Padres. Before that, though, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Game 7, the just-completed World Series between the Astros and the Dodgers. A heartbreak for L.A. as they were pretty much wire-to-wire the best team in baseball uh, in the 2017 regular season, a dominant postseason up until the World Series. But it's the Astros who are planning the parade as uh, they win their first ever world title in uh, franchise history. And uh, just kind of give us your thoughts on Game 7 and uh, of the series at large and about the world that we now live in where the Astros are baseball's best, their World Series champs. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of Padre fans taking some joy in the uh, in the Dodgers' defeat. But uh, I, I thought... Uh, from a from an unbiased perspective, it's one of the best World Series I've ever seen. Game seven might have not have been as suspenseful as as the rest of us uh, as as us unbiased observers would have liked. But game five and game two, those are two of the greatest baseball games I've ever seen. I think when we remember this series, when we get a couple weeks removed, those are the moments we're going to remember. We'll remember the the game tying three run homer from Altuve in game five, Springer's home run in game two. Uh, just these back-and-forth late-inning duels where it seemed like no one was ever dead. And that's kind of the surprising that, – that, to me, was the surprising part about Game 7 was all series long, when one team did something, the other team had an answer. And then it just got to the point where there was no answer for the Dodgers uh, once the Astros jumped out in front early. So, fantastic series, some really good baseball, a lot of really good questions in terms of strategy, a lot of really fun uh, – a lot of really fun players and personalities in the series, too. So, uh I enjoyed it, and I'm ready to get the offseason started. Yeah, absolutely. And I pose this question to another one of your colleagues regarding the the feeling today amongst the Dodger fan base. There's obviously always disappointment when you fall short in a World Series and in Game 7, no less. But does that teeter more along the lines of devastation for the Dodger fan base, or how do you think they're feeling right now? Uh, I think it's devastation right now, um, and, and maybe in, in a little bit of time they'll, they'll be able to probably it'll, – it'll probably linger for most of the offseason. And then once we get closer to the season, they'll step back, and they're still the favorites in the National League West. It's going to be it's going to be hard for any of these four teams. I know the Diamondbacks and the Rockies were had very good seasons last year, but I think it's going to be hard for any of these four teams to match up with the, what the Dodgers have to offer in 2018. But uh, so they'll enter the season as favorites, and I think maybe the sting for Dodger fans will wear off at some point around then. Yeah, and like you said, uh, you don't win five straight division crowns by accident, and they're going to be favorites to win it uh, a sixth consecutive time in 2018. But the Padres will do everything in their power to help uh, prevent that. So let's uh, kind of break down the Padres' uh, prospects in 2018. AJ, when you look at the team, uh, what would you say is their biggest area of need, and how do you think they go about filling that need? Do you envision a trade, a free agent signing, a guy from the minors that might step up and contribute? What do you think? I think the Padres' biggest need is probably the same need it's been for the better part of the last decade. They need a shortstop. And they especially need – I mean, you, you look at last season, their their pitching staff was number one in the major league. Their rotation was number one in the major leagues in ground ball rate. They could really use a solid defensive shortstop to put behind those guys. Uh, Eric Ibar is, is a free agent now uh, with the season coming to an end. And uh, the Padres have Fernando Tatis Jr., a very highly regarded prospect in the system. They think he's the shortstop of the future. But – they, they, he's not going to make an impact at the major league level till at least 2019. So 
the Padres would be best served uh, going out in free agency or even in the trade market and finding that shortstop who could fill that gap. Um, there's, there's a couple interesting names. Ibar is one, is one name who could, he could return. Alcides Escobar, who's a, a better defensive option and might fit the Padres a little better as another option in free agency. There's a, it'll, it'll be an interesting offseason with the Padres looking for a shortstop. I think the difference this year, as opposed to years past, the last three years they've signed a shortstop to a one-year deal, is that now there's the prospect of a, of, of a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. on the horizon, whereas uh, in the past it wasn't so obvious what the future was. Now it seems like the future is obvious. The Padres just need a shortstop to kind of fill the time before what they hope is their shortstop of the future arrives. Yeah, that classic uh, stopgap until the youngster is ready and Tatis Jr., he should be uh, something else. But as you said, not quite ready, his uh, ETA should be somewhere around uh, 2019, so we'll see what the Padres do to bridge that gap in 2018. On the other side of the coin, A.J., the thing that Padres fans can kind of hang their hat on right now, what do you feel is the biggest strength of this team as currently constructed? I think it's their bullpen, and I think that all starts with Brad Hand. Uh, obviously, Brad Hand will be a coveted name this offseason on the, on the trade market, uh, but the biggest strength is the bullpen, and Brad Hand is their best pitcher in the bullpen, and so the bullpen could look very different come next season. I know Craig Stammen wants to return. He's a free agent. Um, but Brad Hand, to me, is, is, in, is in the conversation for a top-five relief pitcher in baseball. You, there's, there's some very promising young arms down there as well. Uh, Phil Maton could, could break out. Uh, Kirby Yates was very good toward the end of the season. He kind of developed a splitter. Similar story to Brad Hand, where Brad Hand developed a slider when he came to the Padres, and they told him to throw it all the time, and it worked out. Uh, Kirby Yates has developed a splitter, and it's become his go-to out pitch, and all of a sudden he's kind of taken off. So uh, I think the Padres' bullpen is their biggest strength. What that bullpen looks like going into spring training and going into the season could look a lot different from what it looks like now, but as the team's currently constructed, when you got a guy like Brad Hand, uh, I, I think that's where you – that's where, that's where you look when, when you're looking at their strength. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy around the trade deadline this past season that pretty much everybody expected the Padres to move, but they kind of stepped back and said, hey, he, he's pretty good. We want him on our team. And so they, they kept him, and he's a big part, probably the biggest part of uh, what you feel is the biggest uh, strength of this team is certainly that uh, bullpen heading into next year. AJ, I want you to give me uh, two guys now. One guy that maybe uh, underperformed a little bit in 2017 and could uh, bounce back in 2018. And then on the other side, a guy that may regress, a guy that uh, maybe played a little bit over his head and could take a step back or two in 2018. Who do you think there? I'll go right to the middle of the Padres lineup for both of those. I think uh, I think Will Myers took a, took a step back. He led the team in home runs and he led the team in stolen bases, but he took, definitely took a step back both offensively and defensively. In 2017, I, I would expect him to put forth a better season. I think he was worth about a win and a half by, uh, by wins above replacement. He should be a, a four-win type player. He should be a guy that impacts games in the middle of the lineup, uh, driving runs in, creating runs, and defensively he should be much better than what he was this season. So I'll, I'll uh, peg him as a bounce-back candidate. Uh, as a potential regression candidate, Jose Perella was probably the team's – actually, he was definitely the team's best hitter when he was healthy and when he was on board – I think maybe when, as you get into next season, teams start to learn uh, his, his swing tendencies a little bit. He's a candidate for aggression, given that he's, he's been in the league for a while and kind of it, it took him this long to break out. I still think he, he is a valuable piece. I still think he could be a uh, – I still think he's a useful guy, especially against left-handed hitters, especially when you need a, a, a quality at-bat work. But I don't know if I see him putting up the same, uh, the same percentage numbers that he did in 2017. 
And uh, AJ, as we begin to come down the home stretch here, there's uh, always a guy or two on every team that uh, you know has health issues and injury concerns. So uh, give me one guy, perhaps two, on this Padres team that, uh, in your eyes, is a question mark because of those injury and health issues. Well, I'll, I'll go two different spots on the field. I think the pitching staff would really benefit from Colin Ray and uh, and Robbie Erland both coming back from Tommy John surgery. They are not banking on the two of them being being what they continuing down down the path of their progression from uh, two seasons ago. But they both missed the entire 2017 season because of Tommy John surgery. The Padres rotation could have looked drastically different. Both of them were young. Both of them were making strides before they went down with elbow injuries. Uh, and so I think there's a chance that they. Uh, that they, they could make a significant impact depending on what the status of their elbows is, depending on if, if, they, ha- if they continue to progress where they were in 2016 because they they, it seemed they were starting to make some strides. Uh, the other place I'd look is the outfield, Travis Jankowski and Alex Dickerson. Uh, both of them missed significant time this year. Dickerson's the biggest question mark. He missed the entire season with a back injury. I would argue no one on the Padres is more professional at bats than Alex Dickerson did. He works counts. He fights pitches off. He hits the ball hard when he hits it, and uh, he works walks. And, and the Padres really missed that kind of presence in 2017. I think he could be extremely valuable in left field, uh, maybe sharing time with, with Jose Perella and, and also maybe seeing time in right field, uh, sharing time with Hunter Renfro. I think he could be a really valuable piece that the Padres were missing in 2017. And, A.J., to begin to wrap things up here, definitely interested to get your take on this. It seems like, you know, any team in baseball can fall into one of five categories. You've got your teams that are clearly rebuilding, teams that are simply non-contenders. You move up a little bit. You've got wildcard contending teams, division title contending teams, and then teams contending for a world title. Of those five, where do the Padres best fit right now? Well, it's interesting because they, they, they probably straddle the line between rebuilding and non-contenders because at the major league level, at least, in, in the minors and with player development, they're still trying to rebuild. But at the major league level, at least, there, there, there aren't going to be too many changes. Uh, it's more of a matter of, of bringing some of these guys along in the progression of their careers. So I'm hesitant. I mean, they're, they're clearly still in the rebuild phase of the progression to, to getting back into contention. But they're, they're, it's, it's not where they, have to, where they were in 2016, where they traded veterans like Matt Kemp, Andrew Kashner, James Shields to get prospects. Uh, this time around, it's, right now, it, it seems like the, the actual reworking, the trade kind of thing, uh, aside from maybe a Brad Hand deal this winter, there's not a whole lot of that going on. So the pieces, I think a lot of people in San Diego think the pieces are in place. They're just young. A lot of them are in the minor leagues. A lot of them are... Uh, a lot of them are coming off their rookie seasons. You look at Hunter Renfro, Manny Margot, Austin Hedges. Uh, they're all coming off their first big league seasons. And so I think I, I would lump the Padres into the, into the category of, of they probably will not contend uh, and, and outside of the, the rebuild category. But it's, it's an interesting question because ultimately it comes down to what you define as a rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Uh, what looks to be one way at the major league level could look a little bit different at the minor league level, as you just broke down. So, A.J., we thank you for the insight and the knowledge, and uh, we'll do it again at this time next week. A.J. Casavell joining us today. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, San Diego Padres. <laughs>